0: Hello,
1: grappling fans. It is another episode of your favorite jujitsu podcast, Fistful of Collars, and it's myself, Hal joined by this man right here. The man himself, the cameraman. <laughs> this guy. This guy <laughs> over here. Kind of freaking me out a bit, doing something with his chest but I was, I was
0: giving a shout out to jiu-jitsu, versus <laughs> jiu-jitsu versus everybody that's what we're gonna talk
1: that's what we're gonna talk about today right Reed connell jiu-jitsu versus everybody we're gonna do talking about jiu-jitsu versus something rather that's right mm-hmm. rocking the brand new flow grappling t-shirt or flow sports t-shirt is ryan smith and on the end kenya boys jiu-jitsu club we see? Ooh, can't see. This, look at that there we go. this guy all the Josh, way from down there. Kenya Boys. chase smith rocking the japan special exclusive t-shirt look at that <laughs> thanks for the drop kenya i got that at adcc very cool dope, right yes so jujitsu versus everybody that was kind of a theme though right at
0: uh at adcc not too long ago well i guess that seems to be a hot topic going on in, in the world these days right uh, maybe nicky Rod was one of the guys who kind of kicked off this uh this little debate and then we had of course last hang week, on but it's nicky, nick nick rodriguez, nick is, rodriguez. is he jujitsu or is he everybody <laughs> he's <jiu-jitsu. laughs> yeah. He's okay. jiu He's yeah, one yeah. of us now. He's one of us okay. for sure. Whether I don't know if he's claiming it or not, but um, we're claiming him. We're claiming him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's he's a jiu-jitsu. Oh, you Nicky out right on my team, right? For <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not against him. So. Yeah. Yeah. But and then he went out there and did, did a wrestling match against Pat Downey over the weekend, and so I feel like it's it's kicked up a lot of a lot of fervor about uh, jiu-jitsu, about wrestling, about different martial arts, about different rule sets, about you know who's who's got the best who's the toughest that type of thing right right is that the, is that the um
1: so one thing that we wanted to talk about today was jujitsu versus wrestling specifically because grappling tournaments we call them grappling but pretty much they're just jujitsu tournaments right there aren't that many tournaments where you actually get grapplers from different styles coming together adCC is like pretty much the only exception where you do have guys come in primarily as a wrestler uh you don't even have any other judo styles represent any other grappling styles represented like judo or sambo
2: anymore there used right? to be a judo guy in there right the Japanese uh, plus 99 dude he was in there for a few years Satoshi Shrek? Ishi? Shrek or, um, yeah Shrek
0: I heard Satoshi Ishii was like, was like um, the next guy to get an invite basically C- gotcha. if somebody pulled out but uh. nobody pulled out uh, so what do you guys think are we in this camp that, um, that ADCC is not a jiu jitsu tournament like you know like very black and white it's not a jiu jitsu tournament I know, what I, know tournament. what I think but I want to hear what these guys think
2: you gotta change your strategy I think um, it's a submission grappling tournament and you could almost honestly argue I think better that no gi isn't jiu-jitsu more than uh, ADCC isn't jiu-jitsu I think no gi is such a different game from gi grappling at this point you could call them two different sports maybe I'm copying out my answer here but I think it is basically a jiu-jitsu tournament you just have to wrestle you have to know the rules and you have to wrestle a little bit you especially in overtime so yeah it's jiu-jitsu but there's more wrestling
3: think uh like uh, hearing from john Donaher not too long ago he was talking about you know uh if belts used to matter but now you got guys like nicky ryan or uh nick rodriguez coming out mm-hmm. uh maybe it doesn't matter so much
0: the best purple belt
2: in the world now maybe yeah <laughs> or- let me qualify one thing though i do know that the uh, adcc federation does not call it a jiu-jitsu tournament they, they call it not. submission wrestling actually that is their subm- submission fighting submission fighting that's yeah. their official stance but my personal stance is basically a jiu-jitsu tournament.
0: God, what are you going to say?
2: No, ADCC absolutely is not a jiu-jitsu tournament.
0: I mean, like and it's I think pretty close to a jiu-jitsu tournament It's It's
1: it's a grappling tournament dominated by jiu-jitsu practitioners. I think okay. that's that's the best way because it is not a jiu-jitsu tournament in the traditional sense, you know. It's, uh, it's a no gi submission wrestling, and they call it submission fighting because the idea was. Bear in mind that ADCC was created in the late nineties, still in the era of like no holds barred fighting, when it was like style against style, and it was really it was kind of it was influenced by that debate at the time. Well, MMA or no holds barred, whatever you want to call it, back then was like which is the best martial arts style, and ADCC was we're going to do the same thing which is the best grappling style and it turned out it was jujitsu. jitsu mm. surprise surprise right but since then that has become distilled and just like mma guys now you don't re- you rarely find like a, a pure kind of stylist of any you know one shape or form they're all hybrid fighters it's the same with grappling tournaments now it all they became hybrid grapplers so wrestlers learn jiu and vice versa um but once in a while you have an outlier once in a while you have a guy come in who kind of bucks that trend and it's been a long time since we've seen one in fact I'm, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain as a how far back you have to go in ADCC history to find somebody who was you know as pure or as uh, as predominantly a representative of one style or other you know wasn't Jiu and man you have to go way back maybe to the early 2000s to find somebody mm-hmm. like that so yeah. Somebody like a Mark Kerr. Yeah, you know? yeah. I,
0: I'm trying to think as well because I feel like it's like, you know, Nikki Rod went out there, he did so well. And I feel like everybody's like, oh, man, just a wrestler. All you got to need is a wrestler to go in that tournament and, and they can win it. But it's, I feel like it's not quite that easy, right? Ooh, I mean, I just, just ask someone. Ask Ben Askren. Um, ask. I feel like Nicky... Ask, ask Chael. Chael's done it a couple times. Ask Chael, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well,
1: 2003, um, there were a couple of wrestlers who came in. Chael was actually in that ADCC, right? 2003. We, we randomly saw his name in the brackets and, went, and we were like, wait,
0: what? Yeah.
1: It was before he was even like a known MMA fighter, he somehow made it to ADCC. But there was another guy, and you'll remember this name, Reed, because Marcelo talked about him a little bit, and that's Otto Olsen. And he made it to the finals of the seventy-seven kilogram division in the two thousand and three ADCC down in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and uh, and he was prom- predominantly a wrestler. Mm. And so he once was, in a while, Scandinavian? He was like a no, he's American. He was American? Yeah, okay. yeah. This this is uh, the crazy thing because that was kind of before my time. I'll be honest, two thousand and three. Yeah, you know, I so didn't really nine. know too much about the sort of the ins and outs. I knew who the big champs were and stuff, but I didn't know all the random guys in ADCC. And uh, Otto Olsen, yeah, he was a, um, a wrestler from Washington. Mm. And he's one of the best wrestlers in the history of Washington wrestling, apparently. So.
0: Beat Daniel Marais. I remember Marcelo talking about him. Beat Daniel Marais and then uh, went to the ABCC finals That's as pretty a wrestler. Wild. I feel That's like Nicky true. Rod is, is the embodiment of like a high-level
2: wrestler that comes in and learns just enough jiu-jitsu to be untouchable. He can't submit him, But he's still kind of relying on that wrestling athleticism and heart and just like grind. But I think if you going back to the Pat Downey match recently I don't think if you allow submissions in that format in that tournament that Nick's going to submit Pat Downey. He's not quite there on the submission level yet.
1: Well we see that but, but you know, we're, we're kind of assuming there that Pat knows how to defend a submission. Because even a guy with a rudimentary guillotine choke could catch a wrestler as they're coming I in, in from a last it's double a, right. It's yeah. a
0: great experience. I feel like going to a wrestling room and then be, being like, "Oh yeah, let's do some chokes and stuff like that." <laughs> <You know>? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, let's That's go. true. Like, that's true I feel yeah. like that's fun because I feel like those wrestlers they don't yeah they don't have the same wherewithal with on uh, people touching their neck and stuff like that, but. But yeah, I mean, Nikki training at at, um, John Danaher in in the blue basement there, I mean, I think that did wonders for what he was able to do at ADCC. Absolutely. If you're going to go anywhere for a crash course in Jiu Jitsu, that's the place to go, right? Definitely, definitely. But, I mean, right, you're, you were talking about this tournament, you know, UFC being a tournament and, and um, ADCC being... We wanted to try to find out what the best martial art is, the best grappling martial art. Like, we did this already. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu exactly. won, you know? Yeah. That's why, I, like, I, I think that when people say, like, oh, it, wrestling is better or... Or um, you know, or, or it just takes a wrestler to go to go in there to, to dominate, or you know, we're still trying to figure this out. No, 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 we already figured it <laughs> We've all already out. We've already figured yeah. that. Like out. that's why yeah, I think ADCC. Like I think you could say it's a jujitsu tournament because maybe back then maybe it was a little bit more, um, you know, trying to find the right martial art. But now. It's it's jujitsu. jitsu dominates, right? Like I feel like we gotta remember that a little bit. Is all it's my point. Is that like jujitsu has dominated, and if you don't do jujitsu, then you're gonna lose. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: really I really hope that wrestlers don't kind of get carried away and, and think that they could just walk in and start cleaning up in well, jujitsu I, I hope they do
0: the trials, I definitely. Well, yeah. I would love, I to, love see to see
1: them get yeah. involved, but there is going to have to be an investment on their part as to learning the jujitsu, doing exactly what Nick Rodriguez did mm-hmm. going to a high level place actually learning some legit grappling technique because you know Ben Askren he was an amazing wrestler at the time. Had he gone to the Olympics yet? He had, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he was. He'd just gone to the Olympics and, and was
0: transitioning in, into MMA.
1: And then he goes to ADCC, and he, I think he didn't make it out the first round,
0: right? I think he lost the first first match. There of you go. Popovich. So that
1: was an Olympic level wrestler, you know, and he did not perform. So one of the greatest college wrestlers of, of all time. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why, why you want these guys to get training and be prepared I, I, I <laughs> want those highlights coming in <laughs> well actually you mentioned something there Chase and I think that, that does spark a really really good point, it's like what would grappling in general look like if a wave of wrestlers came in, learned enough of the submission grappling game to survive and then come in with their wrestling backgrounds, what would that look like? What
2: what would it do to the face of grappling? I think it looked like the UFC. I mean, we see that in MMA where we have high-level wrestlers moving into to mixed martial arts and they pick up enough of the submission game and the no-gi rule sets and they know how to avoid those dangerous positions. I mean, wrestlers are among the most successful uh, athletes in mixed martial arts today and I think they would do really well. I mean, they have, they have the, the raw components, the athleticism, the, the body control, um, and just they're very strong and hard hard to control and especially in nogi. So I think you know you give them just a little bit of awareness in the leg locks and where not to put their neck. You have a really tough guy to deal with. You see what it all the time in the gym, you know, when you a new really rest- do. when a new wrestler comes in, they're for 2 months they're bait. You know, you're having a great time with them and they're getting frustrated, but then they learn your traps and now they're just a nightmare. And
1: they're yeah. still a white belt. Yeah, yeah, no i I hear that and i think you made a good point of what it's like to actually get your hands on a on that kind of the newbie wrestler in the gym that it is it's fun at first because you're like hey let me let me give you the introduction to jiu (laughs) Oh, you're gonna take
0: me down huh oh great (laughs) i'll do a loop choke
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then all of a sudden it really does start getting very very challenging ryan what's your take on the on the whole of wrestlers you know what's what's it like rolling with the wrestlers in the gym when they start picking up that game
3: I mean, uh, the first thought that came to my mind was, you know, how clear Donna Hurst's system has to be for Nikki Rod to pick it up that fast. You know, I think if you were to put Pat Downey or any high-level a- athlete into, you know, under a coach like that, uh, you would see them do very well at ADCC. So, uh, you know, I, I, I welcome them. I welcome wrestlers. Let's bring it on.
1: What about your personal experience of, of training? Because I know you've trained at some high level schools with some really really good no-gi and especially you know some some badass wrestlers coming into that room as well. So you know what have you seen personally?
3: Um, you know I, I was down there at Fight Sports and uh, Coach Manuel is uh, a great wrestling coach and all the guys down there put heavy emphasis on wrestling and yeah you know the guys that pick it up and really focus on wrestling they're tough to deal with. Um, but they do have blind spots and so they're constantly trying to uh, to fix that. That's where the leg locks come in. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I remember
1: one of the uh, one of the toughest training partners uh, he's passed on now, is my old wrestling coach, but one of the toughest training partners I ever had was this guy and and um, we don't exactly have a strong wrestling culture in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some pockets of wrestling that kind of exists and uh, That certainly was was true to the region where I lived because that's kind of where the catch wrestlers came from and I'm talking like way back the actual legit sort of like the snake pit wrestling kind of style you know where these guys were really traditional catch, catch can wrestlers before pro wrestling came along and they knew submission holds and they knew how to make your life an absolute misery on the mat and they were extremely hard to catch but they just they didn't play off their backs they were like 100% top game guys but uh i used to train with a guy regularly and you know he would teach us wrestling and you know we would you know work with him and he would roll with us and stuff and the guy was able to to learn things like the front headlock choke you know the anaconda you know and then switching it to the das and just a whole system of hanging off your neck with what are very common control positions in wrestling and now, if you roll with that guy, your neck be sore for a week, you know. So there are certain things that in wrestling transition very, very well into submission grappling. But then, like you say, blind spots, yeah. right? The, these guys, what happens when the guy goes to his back and starts climbing the guard up? Wrestlers just they they don't know that position. That's the kind of stuff that they really need to invest time in learning. They really need to invest time on um, on protecting certain areas, their neck, their feet, and so on. But um, one thing about wrestling that I, I, I kind of find really interesting, though, is um, when you see guys with a wrestling background and they try to play jujitsu, mm. that's kind of usually when things don't go their way, right? If they wrestle first and they mm-hmm. kind of almost ignore the other, their opponent's jujitsu game, that's kind of, is, it, is that right? Would you guys agree that that seems to be when things go best for them? In
2: nogi. And the gi, you can't ignore right. the jiu jitsu. I
1: think yeah. we're talking about I'm no gi. I'm making right sure now. we're talking yeah, about that. No, you, yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel like I see some, uh, you know, I've seen some wrestlers get a good leg lock game and then they become really dangerous, right? Because you can't take <laughs> them down. Tenth Planet's got a few of those things. Like I, yeah. I was going to point out a guy like PJ Barch, you know, who's like a really good wrestler. You know, he's really tough to take down, but he also has that Tenth Planet um, leg lock skills and stuff like that. So he can do both, He, can, you know, he can play guard. Um, but like good luck taking him down he wants you to try to shoot on him probably so I feel like being a good wrestler and and then and incorporating jujitsu, man it makes you just such a, a, a multi-level threat you know obviously obviously you know I hating a little bit on wrestling but I, I do love wrestling and think that you like, wrestle folding wrestling into your jiu-jitsu game obviously can only only help and, and there are some some good aspects um, that I think can really help help your jiu-jitsu game, but I do think like the main, like the, the best thing about wrestling is the mental toughness that you get yes. from wrestling. Yeah. Not necessarily a technical thing, not necessarily like a sport thing, but just the mental toughness. And I think that's just like a byproduct mm. of, of wrestling, but I think that is the most valuable thing you get from wrestling.
1: Well, but. first things first, there's nobody hating on wrestling at this table. Right? <laughs> no. like, we are all huge fans of wrestlers and what they have to offer. I mean, like, you wrestled, you, know? you, you, you did that before jiu-jitsu, you know what it's like, and we've all had a little bit of experience training it as well. But man, what you just said there about the, the mentality the work rate, the pace that wrestlers can set, this, the, the mental toughness. I think you hit the nail on the head. i have got a great co- uh, comment here from uh, one of our viewers on the Facebook live chat. Carl Williamson says that, you know, wrestlers traditionally have a higher work rate, uh, whereas some jujitsu guys can get lazy. Would you guys
0: agree with that? 100%. Well, that's, you know? <laughs> the best, that's the best part about yeah. jiu jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
1: why we like jiu jitsu, because yeah. you can. You can get away with being a little bit lazy sometimes, yeah, right? Like you know, just you lay on my back. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's, look, well, there's that, that now legendary quote that, you know, your interview with Nikki Ryan. Nikki Ryan. Yeah. Wrestling sucks. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard. It's mm-hmm. so much harder than jiu jitsu. And it really is, because, you know, it's, it's just physically
2: draining taxing it's hard there's no rest good. points in wrestling I feel like I mean I'm not I'm not a high level wrestler by any means but I yeah. feel like the minute you stop moving the minute you stop pushing forward you get
0: bowled over That's why they yeah. only have yeah. like three minute matches Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> it's constant action but I do think the, uh, you were talking about um, wrestling in, um, in MMA in the UFC and I do think the, um, the era of the jiu-jitsu champion is coming To to the UFC Making a comeback Into into MMA Exactly right It's kind of cyclical First we started with Jiu Jitsu And then obviously Definitely did go with These dominant wrestling champions But I feel like We're making a return To these dominant Jiu Jitsu champions You know um, of course, our dude, Rafael Lovato, Lovato Jr., Lovato Jr. Yeah. Hold, holding it down Lovato out there. The flag. Yep, for all his yeah. jiu jitsu guys. Mackenzie Dern, going to be champion before the year ends. Okay, heard it here or, first. Right. Gracie in action this um, weekend. Gracie in action. In action. He's, he's pure jiu jitsu guys, you could find, right? Right. Yeah. You got to love what Cronin is doing out there. Gary, Gary of course, yeah. looking like a world beater out there. He could be champion at one or, or any other, you know, soon, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, a whole bunch of these guys. Ryan Hall, another guy who, yeah, absolutely. Who, who we've just loved watching. I think there's a lot a lot of potential for these jiu-jitsu guys to... Um, Dylan and AJ slowly climbing there the ranks you as well. You know,
1: speaking of the rankings, just to remind people in case you haven't seen, if you go to flowgrapton.com and you hit the rankings tab at the top, we've got all kinds of categories and, and various divisions ranked. We've got gi, no gi, we got all the different colored belts, but we also have a ranking of jiu-jitsu in MMA and that's where we took all the high-profile jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. uh, representatives in, in MMA. So that's everybody from Durinho, Adolfo Vieira, Mackenzie Dern, right down to guys like AJ Agazam. And, you know, what we did was created like a, a kind of a, a points system that takes into account the win-loss ratio, uh, the jujitsu credentials, the submission rate in MMA, and kind of calculates a score based on that. So guys, uh, they go up and down in the rankings after every single fight. So we should see some updates after this weekend because you got Cron
2: and McKenzie in action. And Gilbert Burns was was campaigning to get on the same card. He just fought the same weekend yeah. as ADCC, and, and yeah. he's, he's heard there might be some shuffling in the card. He's like, put me in, put me in. Me in got a hand to that dude he's an animal what great. Such a, a
0: great representative for jiu-jitsu i love Go how he, he,
1: he, man Torino keeps coming back in from like no gi as well right that's so mm. cool you know he he'll take he'll take whatever kind of matches in front of him i love that but going back to um the wrestling versus jiu-jitsu thing we actually saw a couple of viral clips uh over the last year or so right of wrestlers using what could be deemed or mm. could be you know classed as jiu-jitsu techniques in matches we even saw a kid do a barren bolo right you yeah. remember I, Imanari that? Imanari roll in the Baron Bolo. Yeah, yeah. Is that Imanari?
0: Oh, oh, that's right. They
2: have, a, they have a name for it too, though. It's, it's a wrestling thing. The Imanari roll has a wrestling term. Or some... It really does. I yeah, yeah, know yeah. That. Someone was hitting it, but it looks exactly like an Imanari roll. But and some...
1: we've, we've even seen guys like this, now kind of you know, funky kind of styles going on. Guys are kind of using 50-50 style positions mm-hmm. almost in, in wrestling, and Austin Santo ripped a kamura on somebody once, right? Yeah, yeah. When you see guys yeah. get
0: deep in on a shot, and then the top guy will, like, jump over, you know, and pass the other guy's foot over. And so then they end up in this, like, weird 50-50. It looks exactly like a 50-50 guard. Yeah. And, and you do see that more and more. A lot of the um, Cornell guys and Penn State guys, I, I see a lot of those guys doing that type of stuff. We just had um, Sean <laughs> <They're> Williams. evolving. <laughs> Sean <laughs> Williams just did a, a seminar with um, Jason Nolfe just, like, last, last weekend, I believe. Very That's cool. Awesome. the same uh, group those. that did the Danaher
2: and Ben Askren seminar. Pretty cool and uh, very unique, you know, in, in the combat sports world. I would love how they're bringing those together.
0: Yeah, right? I would love to. have worlds. been a little fly on the wall, see what those guys had to talk about, you
2: know. How- Sean revealed to us uh, when he came, when he's in the office this week, that uh, I think it was the Penn State's coach that's a,
0: a black Cal- belt, long time black belt? No, no he, way. He, he, no, not Kel. Um, yeah, he said that there's like a Penn State assistant coach. Assistant oh, right? coach, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Have to f- we'll have to but f-
2: anyway, someone up on, the, on the staff there is, is a long
0: time black belt. So That's
1: interesting.
2: Man,
0: some dirty tricks <laughs> yeah right yeah and then and then yeah you got um, Austin DeSanto and I see a lot of guys using that Kimura um, stuff a lot of these um, I remember watching the, the Cuban um, freestyle team and seeing a couple of those guys ripping those Kimuras so every once in a while you do see people go for Kimuras it usually ends up with like the refs stopping the match and being like for potentially dangerous shoulder movement but right. I love the way that occasionally you do see guys get choked out in wrestling, right? <laughs> From, like, you know, a front headlock
1: style position. Mm. And um, and Dave Schultz, that was actually what he used to do, right? He used to choke people out in matches with the, sh- yeah. with the Schultz front headlock. But uh, I just love the way that in wrestling that if the guy goes unconscious, they just stop the match, kind of, like, slap him around the face a few times, and then, like, okay, Ooh, go. Bring <laughs> him back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Straight back in. And then resume the match. Yeah. yeah.
0: Savages. I love
1: it. But, hey, the wrestling versus jujitsu thing, I'm not done with this topic because I feel that this is something that we yeah, can really yeah. explore, right? <laughs> and one thing that I'm really interested to see or interested to hear from you guys is the rules. Mm. That how do, we, how do we create a system? How, how, how do we create a, a format that allows both styles to show their strengths but obviously offers enough weaknesses for the others to capitalize? What, what would a rule set look like for that?
2: i been saying it all week. There's got to be submissions. So we, we you know, Nikki Rod uh, versus Pat Downing at Who's Number One last weekend was a last minute, you know, wrestling match. It had some modified rules, but it was it was a straight up wrestling match. So basically, it was yeah, it was a takedown match, right? They, I think he got tech fault. Exactly, um, It was twelve nothing. But there were no mat wrestling. There was no mat wrestling and no subs allowed. And we're ca- jiu- ju- <laughs> we're jiu-jitsu guys, man. We gotta we gotta be able to submit people. So yeah. if that's yeah, not yeah. in, then it's not gonna work out great for us. Yeah. So how do we hi- hybridize the two? Well, that—that that, my suggestion. <laughs> let's
1: let's <laughs> choke people. <laughs> okay, but then that—that—that that, that was a modified rule set with no
2: mat wrestling.
1: Mm-hmm. So you think that we need the mat wrestling to allow for the submissions? Well, or? I mean, there
2: was still even no no guillotines allowed. So you know, can we ch- choke off a shot? We got to have that option, or you
0: mm-hmm. know, you can you can jump into a allowed triangle. or not. I still think Nikki Rod should have choked him out.
2: But <laughs> that would make great TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think some mat wrestling is also necessary. I mean. I would like to see maybe limited time on the mat, which would be tough for two guys. Usually, you need some time to work. But uh, I also think it would be somewhat unfair if we had unlimited time to work on the ground, and we could just, you know, work in our strong suit with our wrestlers completely out of their depth, where yeah, <laughs> they've already won the match great. in their mind. Right? Yeah. They're like,
0: "What do we do now?" So, honestly, this is something we've been like racking our brains for uh, about for years. It feels like, right? How how, how to get these mm-hmm. wrestlers and grapplers on the same mat together, and f- both of them feel Comfortable in the rule set, you know. The 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 Downey versus um, Nick Rod match was a freestyle more more this freestyle wrestling rules match, and I feel like a folk style rules match would be a little bit better because it would allow them. um, First of all, it would allow. Pat down. He has to you like secure takedowns. Whereas in freestyle, you really only have to like flash their shoulders to the mat, and that's two points. Hmm. Whereas in folk style, you actually have to secure a takedown and like you know get them on sort of like ADCC. It's like where a pin. You, yeah, where you have to like get them their knees on the mat for you know a second or two, right? Whereas for, like um, that'd be pretty hard to get Nikki Rods knees on the mat for a couple seconds. Um, so I feel like a folk style rule set maybe is like a better place to start rather than a freestyle rule set. But um, yeah, and then I totally agree. You gotta have you gotta have some sort of submission, whether it's only chokes maybe, or, in, or you know, and no arm locks, no leg locks, or something like that. Um, but I, I think. My, my thing is like, I want to try to keep it as simple as possible. Mm. A lot of these, like one point for this, half a point for this, and then three points for this, and then we reset here. Good then, luck with that. You right? know, like, <sighs> I like, like the more points and the more like just kind of convoluted way, I, I feel like there's just a way. we got to make it as simple as possible, make a way for a wrestler to score, and make a way for the grappler to score and just try to, try to keep it simple, that, you know, easier said than done. But. What do you think, Ryan? <sighs>
3: Yeah, kind of going off what Reese said, you know, it's hard. It's hard to, to make it perfectly so that, you know, it uh, it's equal for both styles. Um, you know, do you do, you know, one round that's, you know, jujitsu jitsu and the next round that's pure wrestling? Do you do a hybrid round of the we two?
1: We saw a competition use that. So earlier this year, uh, I believe it was in August, the beginning of August, uh, end yeah. of July, beginning of August, Spider BJJ, uh, who've got an event coming up at the end of November, they had a special rules match between a member of the Korean national wrestling team called Byung Min Gong, and a black belt, In Sung Jan. And what they did was exactly that. First round, a straight up freestyle wrestling match. Short break in between the match, and so like they basically the wrestler took his shoes off, and then they started back up, and they did grappling rules with submission and it kind of looked like you would expect. Basically, In Sung Jang got tech-fault in the <laughs> freestyle wrestling pretty quickly. He got taken down, and he got turned a couple of times. And What is it, 12-0 for tech 10-0, well, yeah. ten, ten, bang, match is over. And then it went into the grappling portion, and then it got a little bit more interesting because the, fre- the freestyle wrestler actually survived much longer than we kind of expected, but got hit with a savage toehold, and he done. He tapped. So it's kind of one on one. But who really won that? Right. So what did we learn? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> who who really won that? Like the submission in the jiu-jitsu portion, or the the tech fall in the wrestling? I don't know. Yeah. But. It speaks to what you were saying right there. It's like, if you did one, if you did like one round of each, mm-hmm. do you do
2: you get a winner? Do you get
0: a a like, definitive a, third, answer like yeah. a third round of like ping pong or something? <laughs> <laughs> just to throw, just to like. <laughs> well, I think, I think I mean, one some round saying, of each is
2: a, there's a foregone conclusion, right? The wrestler should win ten out of ten be. times. Yeah. I mean, it'd be a shock if they didn't. And the in the grappling part, it is harder to submit someone that doesn't want to be submitted. Their only if their only goal is to not get submitted. Mm-hmm. Then they're up 1-0 basically and they they walk away from that as a winner so I think hybrid rules uh, one match makes more sense because they're forced to to go all out in that one single match and I was thinking what Reed said about limiting submissions I don't like that at all I want that toe hold you know <laughs> maybe no heel looks like like a lot of these guys that we're talking about in these upcoming matches yeah. are, are hoping to be in the Olympics and things like that like, I don't want to Blowing blowing those
0: dreams by by hurting some knees out there. Yeah, Walker Giles would
2: have loved
1: it, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to rip somebody's toe off. You (laughs) want to rip somebody's ankle. I love ripping toes off, dude.
2: It's my favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I just think um, the more we limit the jiu-jitsu guy, the more we're screwing ourselves. Like, we got to have leg locks in there. we got to have arm locks. I would love to see some kind
1: of hybrid rules, maybe influenced by ADCC a little bit. I like the idea of points for mat control. And I really like the idea of points for back control as well. Because I think that that's one thing unique to jujitsu. But the wrestlers could also pick up quite well. Because we've talked about the styles in wrestlers, right? You have some very good takedown guys. And then you have some very good, you know, mat wrestlers. And I think it was your interview with Danaher that he said this. Generally, the mat wrestlers who pick up kind of, you know, jiu-jitsu and grappling better than pure takedown guys. And um, there's a whole style of, of wrestling on the mat, you know, leg riding, which... Kind of you know, a lot of guys will transition to jujitsu pretty well. It's basically when you use one hook and you kinda of use it, you know, to sort of turn the guy or to control
0: him, right? So Eddie Bravo learned a lot of that, or absolutely kind of developed a lot of that stuff from wrestling. And
1: you look at two two of his most unique submissions that you associate with Tenth Planet, i.e. the Twister and the, the banana split or the crotch ripper, those are straight-up wrestling moves. The mm-hmm. twister is a pin known as the guillotine in wrestling, and the banana split is also is a pin because you get the guy flat in the back. And, and the shoulders touch the mat. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I feel that, that, that allowing that in jiu-jitsu, if you had points for, like, getting the hooks in or, you know, some kind of back control points – even if it's like a limited time, but you're able to secure the back and put the hooks in and then you get resi- reset after a while. I, I kind of like the idea of that as well because I feel that it's, it's something in jiu-jitsu. Obviously, the jiu-jitsu wants the back, and you know, but wrestlers could, could learn that pretty quickly too, right? Depending Absolutely, on the style.
2: especially because they spend a lot of time attacking
0: the turtle you know, in wrestling, so yeah, yeah. they probably have some ideas about how to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What,
0: if what, if there's like, what if there's like a 30-second time limit, right, on the ground? Like a wrestler takes you down. And if they hold you there for thirty seconds, then they get points or yeah. something, you know. And so it's like you can work for for thirty seconds, but then like or, or some amount of time. But then like when it comes down to it, if you if you're risking giving up the points, you can still scram- try to scramble up and, and and get up before before points come in or something like that. I
1: like that idea, and I mean we've seen in judo that thirty seconds on the ground is is no. Uh, no barrier to catching submissions or to scoring a pin. You just have to work really freaking hard to mm. get it, because the intensity is just like to the max. Like you see the judo guys. If you ever roll like a high level judo guy, their pace and their intensity is sh- is scary. It is shockingly intense mm. because they're just like. Got to get it done, got to get it done, got to get this pin, got to get this arm. And they'll just rip submissions on and like dive into top yeah, position. Yeah. There's no slow, methodical nature on the ground. It's freaking scary when it comes at you like that if, especially if you're coming at it and you're thinking you're just doing Jiu Jitsu <laughs> uh,
0: so maybe like a 5 minute match would, would favor the wrestler but like a 15 minute match would favor the Jiu Jitsu guy you know, absolutely so you to try to find a good. good time limit too.
1: People often say that jujitsu, you know it's kind of a marathon not a sprint right and it's all about breaking your guy down and stuff but especially if wrestlers are training their whole careers to do 3 minute matches ask them to go in and do 15 minutes it's like you know I've been running back and forth to the end of the street,
0: and now you want me to run an ultra marathon, right? It's just, that's not applicable. So, yeah, I was looking at your like um, your submission breakdown mm. thing, and I, I was surprised at how many of those submissions came at like nine minutes, eight minutes into yeah. the match. You yeah, know, yeah. like a lot of submissions. Like, um, what comes to mind? Um, Craig, Craig's guillotine on Mason Fowler was like 10 seconds left. Um, Josh Hinger's, um submission on Gabriel Almeida was like ten seconds left. Yep, like, yep. like I guess, you, know, it does take some time for these submissions to materialize sometimes. Well, I think Chase said it right, especially against a guy who really does not want to get submitted.
1: Mm. You know, they can they can hang on, survive for a, a lot longer, right? So it's tough. Uh, we got a couple of cool comments actually here coming in as well about how uh, Ronnie DePessa says that he loves how wrestling is being talked about, and he feels that you know, jujitsu and wrestling. They have an ability to to cross promote. that could actually just end up helping both sports. What do you guys think about that?
2: Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, it's what we're trying to do. I think you know um, we're based with Flow Wrestling. Those are our buddies, and uh, you know there was so much fun back and forth banter just between our two teams when the the, the super fight happened last weekend, and a lot of eyes on, on both social media accounts from wrestling to crossing over to grappling fans and vice versa. And yeah, I mean we, we all love basically the same thing, so I think it's awesome grappling other men yes that's what
0: we love that's <laughs> <laughs> true thanks for putting it like that <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you think Ryan what do, what
1: do you think that how can how can jujitsu and wrestling work to further the both how can we all benefit
3: I mean, in 2019, I don't think Jiu Jitsu uh, fans can ignore wrestling anymore. It's such a big part of ADCC, and all, all the top competitors at ADCC are constantly referring to it. You had a great interview with uh, Keith Kokorian where he was talking about the, how much the mentality of wrestling helps him, ADCC. Um, you know, you have wrestlers like Yuri that are, you know, constantly pushing the pace. Um, so, you know, I think that you know every jiu-jitsu athlete should be out there learning a little bit more wrestling i think it it gives our sport more energy and uh you know if wrestlers think that they can take top place at the podium at adcc like we should welcome that
1: do you think though that a little problem with adcc being every two years is that jiu-jitsu guys put it off for 18 months mm-hmm. and they only <laughs> wait till that six months ahead of adcc where they're like ah I suppose i start
2: training some wrestling again i mean that's definitely what's happening i think it could be a problem but um I don't know. You also get a lot more injuries in wrestling. Like, wrestling's so explosive and hard. I, could you really do a full year-long wrestling camp as a jiu guy? I don't, I don't really know. Like, maybe it's for the benefit that we take these breaks.
1: <laughs> it's a good question how applicable it even is in IBJJF-style tournaments as well because we don't see that much wrestling, really. You know, we see flashes of wrestling. Mm-hmm. A guy will shoot a double or, a, you know, maybe a guy will scramble out of a position using what looks like a wrestling position or a wrestling style movement. But in general, you even see
2: that much in the gi tournaments,
1: do
0: you?
2: Yeah. I mean, half the divisions is pole guard.
0: Yeah. Low, low lighter weights. And then you know? the grips, right, just kind of changes things a little bit too. Completely. The loop chokes. You want to get loop choked shooting in for a shot or something? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Greg, uh, Greg Melita,
1: who's uh, who's watching, and uh, one of our buddies from Kasai. And um, he mentions uh, something interesting here about how obviously the, the, the 10 point tech fall in wrestling. What do you think about tech fall? existing in a jujitsu format
2: yeah it could be really cool i mean um it definitely make things a little bit more uh quick i would say
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> move, move the day along a little yeah.
1: faster for sure so yeah sometimes give a sense of urgency to the match maybe if a guy thinks that oh, I can get this done in 60 seconds and rack up a bunch of points and I got a lot more time to rest before the next one that kind of thing.
0: I mean at, at ADCC good luck scoring 2 points never mind 10, ten <laughs> yeah, points. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah it could could be good for IBJJF but there's something there's something about it that seems counterintuitive to Jiu Jitsu mm, right? Because yeah. it's like at any moment I can submit you whether, exactly. you whether you have 20 points on me or 0 points on me I feel like Any moment, I'm still alive. I can still submit. Ten seconds left. I can come back and win it all.
1: You know, there's one format of uh, of of grappling tournament that really, after ADCC, I think a lot of people are so hyped on wrestling, and they may have to wait a while to see that kind of style, you know, of of grappling again. Because as we're talking about a lot of a lot of other jujitsu and grappling tournaments, they're not that heavy on the wrestling. There is one style of grappling that does, though, have that, and that's the UWW style. Now, mm-hmm. this comes around. We have the World Championships every year in September. We had it just passed, and um, we've had it for a couple of years now with Flow Grappling. We often feature the tournaments. And uh, they have both Gi, and, and they're six-minute matches, uh, but you see a lot of high-level guys from countries like Russia and other Central Asian countries with really strong backgrounds and, and wrestling cultures and you watch it and it's like high octane submission grappling with a ton of wrestling mm. and these guys wrestle first and I remember showing a clip actually to a a, a friend of mine who's a wrestler and he's also a jujitsu black belt um, and he's like his, his first thing was wow those guys are really wrestling they're actually wrestling first and, and considering that kind of thing and then looking for their submissions and it's it was phenomenal to watch maybe we'll uh, highlight a couple of matches at some point but um it's uh, it might fill that ADCC shaped hole in people's lives, right? <laughs> because,
0: yeah, if you're hyped I, on wrestling right now, it might be a while before you get to see some good wrestling in and, and, and grappling crossover. Well, I, I expect um, there to be some good wrestling at Nogi Worlds. I think just because just from how hyped people are. I, on ADCC and, and how hyped people were on the wrestling there. I feel like we'll, we'll see some of that bleed over in, at Nogi Worlds. You know, of course, we'll still see a lot of guard pulling, especially mm. in the lower weight classes, but um, I think I think we'll see some good wrestling at Nogi Worlds maybe.
2: I hope so. That's coming around in December. We're looking forward to that.
1: And Another course, really good, go ahead. The,
0: this
2: is my guy right here, is this right? comment. Um, Les, Les Blake coming in here with the, the step-up points being uh, possibly a great addition to Jiu Jitsu. 100% agree I've been a champion of this idea for a long time. Uh, for those out there who don't know what we're talking about, it's, uh, people will play the boundaries in jiu-jitsu matches, and then if a takedown or a scramble starts, they'll get reset with no points. And uh, people can go a long way in avoiding a takedown by just being smart and tactical on where they stand on the mat. You mm-hmm. can be penalized for this behavior, but it's not always very clear. So, but if you have a step-out point where you force a guy out of bounds and you get, what well, let's say, one point, you can make that an offensive tool, and I think it'd be awesome. You'd see a lot more... Uh, Vigor in the in the stand up game. It makes mat control uh, a, a, such a, a important factor all of a
0: sudden, right? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing in freestyle wrestling, right? It's kind of a thing that, that you you would take from from freestyle wrestling. They have a one point step out, and it's true you you can't stall, you can't wade back, you know, you can't just like just be on your back foot because a guy comes at you, pushes you two two steps backwards. Well, that's one point for him, you know. So I think it does it would definitely change the Metagame, meta game, so so to speak.
1: I don't disagree. I'm going to play devil's advocate. What a Wouldn't that just end up like every contest would just look like sumo? Because if guys think, oh, all yeah. I need to do is just push the guy out and I can get a point, does it just become a, a pushing and shoving match and you don't actually see any jujitsu anymore?
2: There's a lot of great counters. You have to learn some some duck-unders and some fireman carries. I mean, if a guy was only moving Call one drugs. direction, then you have some options there on the feet. I think uh, it wouldn't be negative at all.
1: I don't disagree, I've gotta say. I'm just I'm just putting it out there because that's the first thought, is like, oh you'll just have guys just push, push, push. Mm-hmm. I really would love to see that eliminated though, of the guys just playing the edges. Mm-hmm. That drives me crazy. It really, I, I, I get furious sometimes in just watching a guy play for five minutes all on the edges just constantly like using that and every time the guy gets a significant attack he goes out of bounds and he gets a free get out get out of jail free card right it gets reset in the middle in a neutral position and um it's ugly and it's really frustrating to watch as well because it breaks the rhythm of the match i think if people were incentivized (laughs) you know to stay
3: in the area then, uh, then hopefully it would change things for the better. How, how do you think it would change it if uh, we started using a cage, like in the UFC? How many takedowns, you know, come from being pinned against I mean, the we've, cage? We've and seen it. We've had a couple events
2: on flow with the cage, and uh, it does change the game, right? Guy yeah. can get double legged up against the wall, can't sprawl out, and right. he's in trouble there, right? Yeah. Makes yeah. it a little harder to take the back sometimes, right? When the guy can
1: just, just way harder his back yeah. up against
0: the cage. It well, does that, that's things. the thing. It,
1: it increases the ability to take the guy down. But it actually, I think, it makes it harder for, to submit the guy, because if the guy is just like you know, kind of on his back against like the bottom of the the, the, the mat and right next to the fence, mm-hmm. and he just shells up like this, it's like, it's like good luck getting to the back, good luck going to mount. Like the guy's just there, you know. You have to almost drag him away from, from the fence the so you can open, open something up, you know. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. How about that um, that like pit that the karate? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that uh, uh, Combat. Karate, karate combat. combat or karate combat.
2: It's, uh, it's
0: uh, they have, like, a... They had, like, a a sunken, like, pit, right? Where yeah. Like a bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like a bowl. Okay, what about a moat, right? I mean, we're talking about sharks. Crazy <laughs> now. Sharks and crocodiles?
1: No, the, I mean, come on. We're talking crazy stuff now, like cage, pit, bowl, what have you. You know, like bears. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Wild animals roaming the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. I like that I, do have yeah. A, I do actually have a question <laughs>
1: though, about the, about the map, though, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Square or circle?
0: Because the, the, the map, wrestlers should you, the mat be
1: squared or circle? Well, the wrestlers—it's a giant square mat, but it's a circular area, right? And if you go out of the out of the circle, you get reset. But we have corners because we play jujitsu, and it's in a square, right? What do you guys think about that?
0: I think more mat space is the yeah is my key. So I, I would guess I'd say square mat because I think you, you have more mat. Yeah, I don't have a strong opinion. I haven't really thought about changing it to a circle. Yeah. I think it,
2: it changes the game a little bit, especially if there are things like step-up points mm-hmm. or more more penalties, because uh, it is a little bit smaller and a little bit harder to to get around if you get backed into that corner like that. Because there isn't a corner, you get kind of stuck on either side. Mm-hmm. So, I like personally. I like the idea of a circle.
1: I do. I think they would, especially if they do like, you the like, points a, like a big
0: ball. Them on top of a big ball, grab them.
1: <laughs> but if, especially if the uh, especially if the ring out points were a thing, mm-hmm. I think that I think the circle is great, and I think it would it allows people to uh, to, to to use the mat and control the mat much more effectively. But um, yeah, you know, yes, I completely agree with you guys. Bigger mats where possible, right? Mm-hmm. Biggest, yeah, 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 biggest. Or
2: yeah. or just do ADCC style and just keep it going. There's a takedown. There's no ring out points, but we're just gonna keep that moving <laughs> onto the mats into the parking lot. Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Yeah, judo mats. Have you ever seen how big those are? They're huge. Yeah, it's like a parking lot. <laughs> really? They're
1: freaking massive. Yeah, judo mats. Jiu-jitsu are so guys can still
2: find a way to play the boundary on a judo mat. I'm telling no, yeah. you.
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of judo, um, just moving along from from wrestling versus jiu-jitsu to uh, judo. Uh, I went to fight to versus win. Judo? Wrestling versus judo. Well, we were talking about wrestling versus jiu-jitsu, but talking about how judo mats and stuff speaking of judo i went to fight to win last weekend in dallas and uh great show as always a lot of fun really good interesting cards. we'll talk about some of the matches there in a second but uh one thing i did notice was that this particular event had quite a lot of judo matches on there and we've touched on it before about fight to win judo it's uh it's a slightly different style to what you would see in like the ijf you know it's um they have, uh, they have rules that kind of promote continuous action. They have um, some techniques which are permitted in IGJ, IJF as well. But uh, what do you guys think about, about judo on that stage alongside submission
2: grappling and, and jiu What do you guys think about that? Man, judo is super exciting, especially when you have guys that know they're doing a super fight. I mean, judo has kind of been... The the redheaded stepchild of of jujitsu for a long time in the United States at least like it doesn't get the same love. There's not a lot of pro it really shows, right? and so now they're there. They're on the big stage at Fight to Win, and these guys
0: are hucking it out there. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch. Who's championing championing judo other than than Seth? You know, I feel like in
1: the states right? nobody. Right, I mean, I'm journey. not
0: definitely not in the the judo loop if there is a judo loop. Um, but it seems like Seth is really carrying the torch and and doing some interesting things and you know not just kind of doing what everybody else is doing either in, in judo you know he's kind of taking it upon himself to, to try to make it the most exciting and, and try to get these guys um who are who are olympians and who are uh, you know medalists and things like that in, in the sport um yeah man and, and seeing it up alongside Jiu Jitsu, honestly it's like it's a big pop in the crowd i feel really like every, is, every right? time I've, I've been there you know because sometimes you know especially 10 minute submission only match, you know, it, it some, one or down. one or two of them slow down and, and drag a little bit and then all of a sudden you get these judo guys up on the stage and you're and like the crowd is like whoa, you know, like <laughs> yeah. these guys are get, all of a sudden feet are in the air, you know, and yeah. it's like Bouncing off the mat <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like it's a it's a good little energy pop for those fight to win shows and I, I I have loved watching the the judo fights. I think um, Seth his background obviously was in judo
1: before he uh, he even got into jiu-jitsu, right? And uh, and he obviously saw that jujitsu was being undeserved underserved in the united states right that it wasn't getting the love that he felt that it had deserved and um we had travis stevens come out to flow hq a while ago right and he was quite he's been very open in his criticisms about the way that judo is managed in the united states and that the, the lack of support and the lack of rec- recognition the athletes get in comparison to some other of the stronger countries and um, the results, they speak for themselves on the world stage, right? Because you know there have been very few U.S. Uh, Olympic judo who have actually managed to medal. Travis is one of them, Kayla Harrison, and, and they've both left judo behind to go on to do other things now. But um, I think it's uh, – I'm kind of intrigued by the possibility that, number one, that fight to win could offer a platform for judo to become cool again, mm-hmm. right? Because it hasn't been cool. It hasn't been cool for a long time. It's the kind of thing you little kids do, you know. And then you see it once every four years on the Olympics, and you're like, "Oh, that's badass!" And you like don't hear little about kids it. Kids don't even do it anymore. Well, no, exactly. But I mean, if you think of anybody doing judo, you don't think of IT workers and you know, like you know, construction guys. No, everybody's training jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah. So I hope that it kind of you know brings a little bit of awareness back around to judo, but also offers um, something for the the athletes right now as well because. So the next Fight to Win coming up is in uh, Philly on um, October, 18th. Uh, October 18th. Fight to Win 128. Got an amazing lineup. We'll talk about that in a second. But very notably on that is uh, we've got 2016 Olympian Nick Del Popolo. And Nick Del Popolo is a, a, a two-time Olympian um, based out here in, in Texas, actually. But he's going to be uh, competing in Philly for the first time on a, on a Fight to Win judo card. And, uh, and this guy, man... 2016 just a couple months out before he's going to go to the olympics he has like a bunch of tournaments not, not, not just qualifying tournaments right but not just to get on the usa team but just tournaments that the world circuit to travel around go to these various places to compete against other world-class judokas so that he can hit the olympics in best form possible and he had to crowdfund the money to travel and to compete and to survive because he was getting nothing in funding this is an olympic athlete and that's kind of heartbreaking, right? That these guys are putting everything—it's their life's dream—is to win a gold medal at the Olympics, and they're getting zero support from their governing body or federation. So, I think it's kind of cool that you know that it's almost like a professionalism because these guys train like professionals; they get treated like amateurs. So, if Fight to Win Judo can provide those guys a little something or other to
0: compete and to to you know help them in their careers, then maybe it'll help them go on to do other things. Yeah, it 's really hit or miss when it comes to the the governing bodies, right unfortunately, some of them do do a lot for these athletes and and some of them you know kind of don 't pay much attention to the athletes for whatever reason. Um, I think you know USA wrestling had a lot of criticism um, you know the last few years, but uh, have definitely turned around their their program and, and now they support. The wrestlers, I think, you know, among the best um, governing bodies in in the country. They they really champion those um, the wrestlers. I mean, especially the the guys who, who bring home medals and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's unfortunate to see you know when when um, especially judo. Man, I feel like it could be it could, could be huge. It could right? be you it could know be so cool. And and it does have such a global presence outside of the U.S. Like if we it's big everywhere else, right? It's huge massive, in Europe. And, yeah. And South America as well.
2: Brazil is
1: really big. You know yeah. what? I found something else, uh, something very interesting out a while ago. I have a friend who works for the IJF, the International Judo Federation. That is the world governing body for judo in the Olympics. And uh, the country with the most number of practitioners, judo practitioners in the world, Brazil.
3: Mm. Oh, Brazil. Wow. That's oh. surprising.
1: Right? Yeah. Very surprising because I heard obviously Japan has you know that right that's where it came from but uh, very very high population very dense population for a small area but the amount of people who practice ju- you know judo is not that high in comparison to the population. France has mm-hmm. a ton of judo and it's um, it's very interesting as well because judo is subsidized by the state. They have so go over there, yeah. It's like insanely cheap. You pay like one or two bucks to go and train at a judo club and everything's paid like they have these wonderful facilities and like municipal sports centers but you know facilities are awesome and you, you just pay almost nothing to train right it's uh it's a very low bar and the athletes
2: are paid very handsomely
1: man like apparently teddy reiner he's like one of the greatest judo guys of all time right current active guy this guy's i think he's like a six foot seven 260 pound kind of dude he's like absolute giant and He's pretty much unbeatable. I I don't know the last time he lost in competition. He's like superstar status in France. Huge. And he's getting paid. Every time he brings a gold medal home for the Olympics, it's probably six figures minimum into his pocket as a result. So
0: some guys are doing really well from it. Love to see some of that here in the States as well. Wasn't that um, guy who who fought Lucas Lepri in the... um Absolute division at Europeans. Wasn't he a, a, a judo guy from France? You remember one of the talking? huge guys? Yeah, one of the big guys. He fought guys. a couple of big guys. Yeah, he yeah. Did <laughs> a of yeah. Oh, man. I'm um, like forgetting a, which I, guy, but... I, forget, I think he was like a, a judo guy. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, the only other guy who I know <coughs> that I see um, championing judo is, that, um, is from Gracie Baja there, Jason. Jason Hunt. I see him doing a lot of... Jason m- Hunt. Shout out to Jason Hunt, actually. Yeah, for, from Maraki Mar- a- Jiu-Jitsu in Santa Monica, California. Mm, yeah, this, it looks like they have a sick judo program. I think they even have like a European judoka teaching uh, at their at their meraki program that's right
1: they've got a a, a french judoka called Hugo Legrand mm. and uh Ugo was a um yeah he was a, a an olympic judo competitor very very good by all accounts and uh so meraki jiu-jitsu is is kenny florian and jason hunt is their gym there in santa monica california and uh and and Jason is a black belt, right? And uh, Gracie Barra black belts, and and works very closely with like Homolo and his guys, and and has got very close links to guys like Durino and other guys. But he loves judo; he's like absolutely loves judo. He's got very strong judo himself, and I think that's really cool that he's created a space to to offer a, a sort of a teaching gig and you know somewhere where judo can flourish side by side with jujitsu, Jitsu mm-hmm. kind of, kind of as it should be, right? It's like yeah. different. Different expressions and the same face. Ultimately, it's all grabbing people by a gi and throwing them around. So, mm. I like that judo-wrestling crossover. But, um, fight to win, 128. Actually, Jay Regalbuto, who has got one of his guys on the card, has just told us it's, actually, it's October 19th. They've switched it from Friday to Saturday. October 19th, coming up. Main event, none other than a rematch of the 99 kilogram and over final from ADCC Nick Rodriguez the baddest purple belt in the world yeah. going up against the 99 kilogram and over champion from ADCC Kynan Duarte the baddest, the baddest black belt in the world yeah. <laughs> gold versus silver rematch here submission only rules on the fight to win stage excited excited
0: yeah right mm-hmm. yeah it should be different right this you know this is sub only rules it's on the on the stage you know um yeah, I'm excited to see how, how this one run, runs back again. Obviously, I think you know Kynan won won the last one, and Kynan is a what can you say about Kynan, man? He's just he's just un- unstoppable. But he
1: just doesn't know how to
0: not win, right? For real, for real. But uh, hey, man, Nikki Rod is is on a he loves the lights, he's man. On fire, he right flourishes right now. under the stage. Fire. So
3: yeah. I felt I, unsatisfied after that match. I mean, Nick was really coming after him right in the final ten seconds.
0: It's true, it's true. Who knows if there's thirty more seconds or or however long? So we get to see get to see the the second overtime shout (laughs) out to Nick Rodriguez for literally competing two weekends
1: the two weekends immediately after ADCC he has like this incredibly grueling kind of you know path to the finals um, just match after match after match against some of the toughest guys in the world against Cyborg against Orlando Sanchez against Kynan and uh and the week later he's doing a wrestling you know, a, a wrestling super fight, special rules wrestling match against Pat Downey. And then a couple of weeks after that, boom, fight to win super fight. He's like, Book it. He's actually competing this weekend in a super fight somewhere as well. I think it's in Houston. It's like the guy just doesn't know how to stop. That's that wrestling hustle. Yeah, right? There it is. There That's you how it. you
3: get better at competing though, is yeah. competing. Even <laughs> after he lost to Kainan, he was backstage running spreads. That's incredible.
0: I love that about him. Uh so fight to win 128
1: coming up uh, got some really good matches on here actually we mentioned about how Nick Del Popolo, the Judo Olympian, 2016 Judo Olympian is going to uh, be making his fight to win debut against Kel Berliner. and we've also got uh, back belt featherweight nogi title match Joao Miao, the Kasai Pro tournament winner is going to be going up against Lucas Pinheiro of Atos Got uh, another nogi match right here, Isaac Bayence back on the fight to win stage Uh, up against Felipe Silva of Unity Jiu-Jitsu and we also got the return of Enrico Coco and he's going to be having a Masters Nogi title match against Mike Padilla speaking of Enrico you hear that he got hit with the pink eye It's moved on to Florida (laughs) spreading spreading man spreading yeah the epidemic is that's it it's a super epidemic man he um yeah. He, Can't uh, believe we all, we all got out unscathed, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael was convinced, right? Michael, yeah. he's, he's out on vacation today, but he was convinced that we were going to leave ADCC, all of us, unable to see, yeah. like, pink eye and stuff. I've never washed my hands more than I ever have that weekend. Seriously. <laughs> I
0: basically was just, yeah, coming to it as an inevitable thing as well. <laughs> I was just get like, it. whatever, I man, just... Just get through the weekend. You're gonna have pink eye afterwards, but it'll be yeah. fine. But I didn't didn't come away with
3: Purell it. Purella came in clutch. It's true. It did. <laughs> it did. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah. Enrico Coco always love watching him
1: fight. Super exciting. Yeah. And Mike Padilla. That'll be a uh, That'll be a fun one. So we got fight to win 128 coming up on October 19th in Philly. Apparently Philly as well. One of the best crowds in the entire nation. Uh, Apparently yeah, they, they they getting un- United
0: it. BJJ out, out there and um, yeah, a lot of a lot of good good schools that that show up. Sounds like Atos, I think, has a school out there. Ted Planet, Philly? Yeah, Bethlehem, right? Oh,
1: yeah, nearby. Yeah, yeah, of. nearby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, fight to win. Actually, I think want to give a little shout out. We mentioned about how last weekend I went to the shop in Dallas. Mm. Uh, gotta talk about Tanquino, man. Tanquino.
2: back to back weekends. Huh? Another
1: guy, big back. Five days after winning gold at ABCC, so he won on Sunday afternoon. Friday night, he's competing in Dallas. And for the fight to win, a lightweight Nogi title match. And he went up against a rematch. It was Mateus Gabriel, who he mm. fought in the quarterfinals. You guys watch it?
2: Yeah, it's awesome. Crazy match. You know, Tanquinho, such a monster on top, dude. Right. Can't Phenomenal.
1: It's like why they call him the Tanquinho, right? He's a little tank. He really Ooh. is. Yeah, he's so tough. But what do you think about that, though? The, the, the sheer turnaround five days later.
2: You got to really want it. I mean, that's what, that's what comes to my mind. It's like, what do you do when you wake up Monday morning knowing you have to Go back on the, the mats on Friday. against a killer. against gets yeah.
0: Gabriel. I mean, you gotta really have some heart. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, what Paulo said to me. Right? He said, "If I win ADCC on Monday, I'll be training. And if I lose ADCC on Monday, I'll be training." Oh, so that's that's all that, that matters. You know that they you know these guys genuinely with their, their all their heart love jiu-jitsu would rather be doing nothing else than jiu-jitsu so hats off to those guys living the dream yeah man
1: again we talked about how nick rodriguez had a, a grueling path to the final and then went on to compete the next weekend in, in wrestling and now was back in two weeks time tanquinho had a pretty tough run himself right he had a, uh, a submission in his first match against keith krikorian i believe but then he had tough matches he had he, he had Mateus gabriel he had paulo meow and then he had Kennedy in the final. Yeah. Oh that's like, you know, going through them, right? It's like video game leveling up every single time yeah, that kinda of yeah. the boss gets harder. And but the oldest
0: competitor in the division, right? It was, yeah, the I oldest competitor in the
1: weekend. <laughs> 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 but uh he said that he was pretty banged up after that. You know, I, I spoke to him, we just put up a video this morning, uh, all access, tanking you know what fight to win. And he was saying about how you know the physical effects, the toll of ADCC. His neck was jacked. He, he trained once, you know, in that period between ADCC and then the super fight. But the three
2: days he had. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, isn't that incredible? That's just that's just being a professional. He mm-hmm. gave his word that he was going to compete, and then he's right back there on the stage five days later, doing what he does best. And he won. He did great. Defended defended the crown. He really was. So. I gotta say, guys, really interesting. But there's one thing uh, we want to uh, we want to touch on before we wrap things up this afternoon, and that is we got a
0: uh, we got a new film coming out, right, Reid? Nice. Let's do this. Yeah, guys, um, super super excited. We're gonna play the trailer for the, our newest flow film, uh, the New Guard, Mikey Musameshi. We've been working on this um, for for many months now. I know you guys got the um, you know the ADCC fever, the Nogi fever, but we're gonna kick things back just a little bit and hopefully you guys remember what it's like to put a gi on uh because we got this movie on the greatest american uh gi world champion that there, black belt world champion that there has ever been uh mikey musameshi you know what what do you, what can else can you say about this guy but but just spending spending the time and listening to him talk about jitsu, listening to him um you know his perspective on jujitsu and just uh, an incredible thing to hear i think everybody in in jujitsu um is gonna gonna love hearing from him you know just like i said his approach to his pr- perspective everything is is uh very different you know he has a, such a great perspective on on jujitsu and, and i'm super super excited to be able to share his story you know and how he found jujitsu how he became um you know the legendary champion that he is and um and yeah really really excited about this piece we're gonna be premiering it October 23rd. October 23rd. Right. Write that in your Coming date up. books. There you have open, it. Folks. Open up your date books and uh, so it's basically two pe- weeks. Pencil that two weeks. in. Two weeks. We're premiering this Mikey Meshi flow film. Gonna be great. We're gonna play the trailer for you here right now. Ooh, let's take a look. Let's do it.
3: Mikey realized things that, that most people don't. Mikey's very smart, like not even just in Jiu-Jitsu, even school-wise. Imagine like you take someone from, let's say, the highest level of education and you put them in a sport like this.
0: The way that he thinks is completely different than everyone
2: else's. Mikey is the future. Did it? Yeah, I told you. I told you. I was wrong. you took 30%. To oh, <laughs> I you're way more technical on the subconscious and the conscious. Because when you're conscious, your timing's off. For me, it doesn't even matter like what the score is. If I could get subconscious, I'm gonna get to the back. He hasn't reached not even
3: half of his potential.
0: What's your go-to defense for like arm bars and stuff like that?
3: (laughs) Mikey will be,
2: for sure, one of the greatest jujitsu competitors. Not of his generation, but of all time.
1: Mikey mm, yeah. is right. wow. He I gotta say he completely bucks the trend on the kind of the typical jujitsu fighter. Just uh wow, what a what a really intriguing guy. I'm super excited to see that. You know, we got a comment here from uh from Beer from Show Your what's up? Uh <laughs> quick shout <laughs> nice. out saying that Mikey Musumeci is the future of jujitsu, the future of the sport. As a three-time champion, I kind of think he's the present. <laughs> he's not just the future. Yeah. He's, he's like, both. Uh, he's
0: both, man. He's both, but yeah. i the Mikey was so much an era. Yeah, man. well, there's a great quote in there from Kyle Terra where he says, you know, like, we're not going to be talking about, you know, um, Mikey as the best of his generation. No, no, no. We're going to be talking about Mikey as the best of all time. He's man. one of those talents, you know, like, and, you know, he's only been a black belt for a, a few years, and he has... Three world titles, you know, and he did it in the roosterweight division and, and the light featherweight. Did it in multiple divisions. No American has ever done multiple divisions like that. You know, he told me he wants to do the featherweight division next <laughs> next year. You know, this guy. You know, you're talking about. Um, he's so unassuming and, and he is you know you'd, you'd never really expect that he's such a killer but there's a great ying and yang to him because you, looking at him you'd never expect expect it but make no mistake mikey musmeshi is a winner and he is a guy who submits people he, he he has a killer instinct as well you know so um that's what i love about the, the ying and yang he's one of the nicest guys in the sport one of the most technical cerebral, cerebral yeah. thinkers in jujitsu but uh, he can turn it on when, when he needs Man, to. Man, watching
2: him train out there, I, w- I was present at the shoot as well. You're right, he is a killer. I mean, Mikey's all smiles and happy and friendly, but then it's time to train, and he's just going for it. It's and not stopping <laughs> until you're done, until you're finished, not him. So That's really
1: cool. Man, I uh, I, I can't wait to see this because I'd love to know more about Mikey's story. You know, I've, I've learned a little bit from him. have talked to him over the years and stuff, but... Yeah, he has a history going back. He he started training when he was very very young, right? Extremely young. Him and his sister Tammy, um, and I th- I just think knowing more about their path through jujitsu would be really interesting. But also, uh, I also think that both of them are really really good role models because both Mikey and Tammy they're very studious, right? And like Mikey is is right
0: now, I think he's doing his law degree. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe. T- Tammy's kind of just just finishing up, and and um, you know. Mikey took a little bit different of a route but yeah he's, he's in there as, as he, well he
1: did, uh, he did a couple of years of like business administration or, or science I think he did mm-hmm. maybe pre-med mm-hmm. I think he did pre-med and then switched to uh, switched to law but he's definitely doing law nowadays but I just think that's incredible that yeah. he's able to do that and become a three-time world champion like Same. these things go yeah, side absolutely. by side
0: yeah. that's that's really that's special. something Tammy talks a lot about you know he, this is the guy who has the intelligence to basically do really whatever he wants to do you know doctor scientist lawyer you know this, this guy brings that type of um you know intelligence to the table and he chose jiu-jitsu we're lucky we're, for we us you're extremely lucky that, yeah. that mikey chose jiu-jitsu and unlucky for some though <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: yeah man awesome can't wait to see that october 23rd drops on 23rd, 23rd, grappling
0: man can't wait for it
1: man i see this is why the flow grappling membership is so good this is why you get this all this cool stuff true guys very interesting debate today about judo versus wrestling i had a lot of fun talking about that i'm it's a wild sure one. that we'll see some more developments on this subject over the coming months right mm-hmm. so fingers crossed but very interesting to see this new direction in the sport thanks once again for tuning in for this episode of fistful of collars we'll see you on the next one